0: welcome to the fight with teddy atlas i'm ken Rideout, joined as always by the great teddy atlas teddy we got a lot of boxing to discuss today you ready to go
1: if you are you know i follow you you know you're my you're my inspiration
0: i always get excited when i see those iconic shirts the hat and castillo fight was a good one
1: we were just talking about castillo on one of these shows um he had some Mayweather. interesting fights with Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. Very close fight. fight that uh, a lot of people thought he beat Mayweather in the first one. Yep. You know? He was also involved in one of my
0: favorite fights of all time against um, Diego Corrales.
1: Yeah, that was... Uh, that fight, you know, a lot of times on this show, I'll talk about how fighters from the more modern era, a lot of them, some of them... Oh, well, you could always say some of them. But... Put it this way, I favor the golden era to a certain extent. And and I don't say that. I have to qualify that because I think we've we've watched some of really great fighters in our generation that can stand in with any era. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Penel Whitaker. I mean, you could, you know, Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather is tremendous. Um, Benitez. I mean, I'm... I'm uh, going back a little bit to the '80s, but uh, I also I also think that there are fights that you know back back in the golden era, back in the '20s to '30s to '40s, even some of the '50s. Uh, you had regularly the best fighting the best, and you had more. Clubs available in cities where a fighter could go in you know you could go in and there could be six seven eight clubs where there's action going on and there's more action going on more places to develop your skills to apprentice to learn to develop to grow you know it's i've said it before it's kind of like a lawyer who doesn't get to go into a courtroom if he goes in a courtroom more often he's going to be a better lawyer if the doctor, if the surgeon does more surgery, he's going to be a better surgeon. And that was part of it, why I've, I hate to use the word I favor, but I have so much respect and esteem for that time because these guys, I'm not saying that you have, you're you supposed to have 200, 300 fights, but these guys had 200, 300 pro fights. And because there was so much action, there was so much availability, and you were able to fight the best guys and develop and learn from fighting. And there were more teachers, quite frankly, better trainers around because this was, that was their profession, not just a side job, uh, not just where they could throw a towel on their shoulder. They, they actually had to put the time in and the apprenticeship to earn that place, to earn that title, to earn that right that privilege to be a trainer it wasn't just handed out because a guy, you know, walked in the gym and said, I'm going to be a trainer. It, it, he had to go through the process. And I'm just saying that you. I'm glad you brought up that fight because that fight, as many great fights as you could go back to the era of Armstrong and Archie Moore and, you know, I mean, even the 80s when you had Bobby Chacon and Bazooka Lamon and, and Boza Edwards and, you know, you had the best fighting the best and so many fights to pick from. In a sport that's been around as long as boxing, longer than any other sport, that fight you just mentioned, it can stand on its own as one of the greatest in any in the history of the sport. That's an extraordinary statement for two reasons. One, because of how long the sport's been around and because of what I am stating and documenting about you know, how there was a different era when there was an era that existed where fighters would fight 30, 35 times a year like Henry Armstrong instead of four times a year. Where fighters, instead of at the end of their career having 30 fights, at the end of their career they had 300 fights. And it's extraordinary that we could be talking about, you know, within our time that we could be mentioning a fight with Castillo and Corrales, the first one, that stands with the greatest fights of all time in this great sport. And within the same time period that another one stands right with it, Mickey Ward and Arturo Gatti. I'm extraordinary. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm I'm kind of I I think I'm I'm almost correcting myself or I'm I'm almost not berating myself, but reminding myself that And we all have to be reminded sometimes that things are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, and that's such a simple thing and such a simple phrase and such a simple statement. But, you know, we forget that things are pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, we look back to the other times when they were better. But sometimes we don't look close enough to our times that they're pretty damn good. Yeah. And maybe very good. And that's a reminder. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad I wore this shirt. I didn't think that it would provoke this kind of uh, conversation to open up this show, but it's a—I guess it's a reminder to to me, to everybody—that uh, sometimes we look at other. It's like that old saying, you know, the grass looks green across the street, you know. But uh, sometimes we think that there were better times, and our times are pretty good, yeah. you know. I mean there's there's things that, uh, that
0: follow us. Here's that round eleven, and I think Castillo had him down two, maybe three times in the tenth round. And I mean the Corrales was basically out of it at one point. Con he, he took his uh took his mouthpiece out. I mean,
1: he's rocked. No, but see you what you just said, see, that's that is a dynamic, that is an X factor that really changed the course of this fight. Yep. Because when he gets to that point. He's gone. If he doesn't take his mouthpiece out or allow his mouthpiece to be spit no, no, out. he took it out and th- basically yeah. like spit it out and took, they, well, they took a point away I mean. at one point. But if he doesn't do that, he, he gets knocked out. Yep. Hey, and look at him. So there could be some people, and I'm taking nothing away from this late, great warrior here on this night. And God bless him. He's not with us anymore. But Watch what he does. He takes the mouthpiece out. He's gone. But he's getting up, but he takes the mouthpiece out. I believe it's in his glove right now. Credit to
0: Tony Weeks for not stopping this because he would have he 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 would have stopped one of the best comebacks now, in the
1: history of boxing at least up there in the top. Now that's not miss what what you said here. He took his mouthpiece second out, time and he left it on the canvas, so bought himself a good twenty seconds. Yeah, he saved himself. And the now ref- there's going to be people. Ken, I mean, if, if we're going to be pure about this, there's going to be people that are going to say. If he didn't do that, if he didn't basically do an infraction, right? Yeah. It's fair to call it an infraction, right? Uh, go against what you're supposed to do. He doesn't win his fight. Now, that takes nothing away from the greatness of the fight and the greatness of him to come back here. But it is something that should be mentioned. Am I right? Oh, it's uh, th- the whole
0: thing, I mean, it was like the perfect storm. The ref waited, and there he hit that perfect left hook. And now you got Castillo in big trouble. And again, Tony Weeks has let corrales come back from two big knockdowns i mean these guys are exchanging there's not a lot of defense here he's
1: recovered now corrales which is pretty extraordinary the capacity to recover when you look at the condition he was in you know 40 seconds ago. look at ago, that shot he catches not only him that, he's his, got him hurt now his badly. left eye
0: is completely closed corrales is, and now he's got castillo on the ropes and it's all over Tony Weeks. And Weeks did a good
1: job. Great job. Yeah. Because
0: he was clearly out because on his Because he feet. didn't
1: stop it too soon. Yep. And he didn't stop it too late. That's right. He, I mean, he did it perfect. Oh, perfect. That was an
0: awesome refereeing job and, and, and made for one of the greatest fights in, in modern history, I and think.
1: No, no. See, that's where I'm going to correct you. And that's, uh, you got to take those headphones off if you don't hear me. It's this way you hear me when I speak. Please. I just said that these fights fit in the greatest, not just in modern history, in any history. This, these fights fit in in the great history of the sport, period, 200 years, 100 years, whatever you want to trace it back. You want to go back to the Greeks, you want to go back to the the first fights in the Olympics where wherever you want to try to trace this sport to the real genesis of it, it's a long time. These fights match up in any of that history, mm. any of that place, not just modern history. That's fair. Yeah, it is fair, not modern say it not just modern not just modern yeah, that's right all history it, because which is extraordinary we were around to see it and mickey ward and gaddy first mm-hmm. again that first one they fought after this weren't yeah. up to what the first one is yeah same thing with movies yeah, yeah you know when is the sequel as good as the first very rarely yeah, yeah. godfather 2 yeah okay right <laughs> yeah yeah right um but very rarely very rarely what about Rocky Two? Rocky Two? Uh, not for me. Rocky One was my favorite. Oh, of course, I know. But I'm just saying it, it was okay. It, it's not bad, but some of them are bad. I would say the Rocky match. Godfather up, Three was uh, terrible.
0: I would say that the uh, Rocky movies match up well with the uh, Gotti Ward fights. They they were good. The second and third were good, but nothing matched the first.
1: Yeah.
0: And I I talked to Diego Corrales the week after this fight in Vegas. I was at another event, and he was in there, and he was still. His face looked a mess. A week later, I mean a mess. As I was like all bloodshot inside. He was, but always such a nice guy and very approachable, super friendly, really good guy. That was a fun
1: fight to watch. It's See, those are the kind of fights on. why I rail against the incompetence and corruption in the sport sometimes uh, because of the reality of what we just watched there. That why I've said it so often on ESPN for my 22 years. That these fighters don't leave the ring with what they go into the ring with. Mm -hmm. That they often leave parts of themselves in the ring. Yep, Parts of themselves were left in the ring that night. Yeah. You know, emotionally as well as, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically. You know, you don't get those things back.
0: Well, that fight is a good lead into the next fight I want to discuss, which is the recent... um, Jose Ramirez and Maurice Hooker fight, both coming in undefeated, 25-0 for Ramirez, 26-0 for Hooker at a super, super um, lightweight junior welterweights at 140 uh, WBC-WBO unification fight down in Texas. Man, this was a good fight. And these guys, I mean, boxing purists and boxing insider super fans are going to know these guys, but they're not household names. But it was a good, good matchup on paper, and it lived up to all the expectations. Ramirez had Hooker down in the first. And there's an incident, I actually want to talk about this with you, is um, because they scored a, a knockdown for Ramirez, and Hooker went down. He was clearly tripped up, clearly a slip, trip, whatever you want to call it. But it leaves... Room for the debate for a ringside, maybe replay official. should be a
1: debate. Go ahead. We, um, have replay, be a debate. we have
0: replay in every other major sport. When you're talking about something that's so critical, a 10-8 round is a huge difference. Why not? There's a minute in between rounds. Why Correct a have, mistake. Have a look Correct say, a mistake hey. if you can. Exactly. It was obviously Every other sport's doing it. It was obviously
1: a slip. It's on television. You got the cameras there. Exactly. What's it take? Exactly. 30 seconds? 100%. You're not going to delay the fight. Not, I mean, there's nothing in, in between. Have the people ready to do it. Have the television, you know, truck calls set up. Have it, have it monitored ringside, and immediately have somebody that the referee don't have to come over. Automatically have somebody that starts looking at it right away. And once they see, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, the ref missed it. No, not nothing intended. No, no corruption. We're not talking about that. Mistake. But just a mistake, just like in baseball when the guy they say he's out, but he's really safe at the base, and they correct it because it's on television, they got the cameras there and they have they set up the structure to do it, they set up the system they set up the ability to do it do that in boxing, why shouldn't boxing catch up to the other sports and use what's available to use to make sure it's done right you have a team of officials, the same ref doesn't ref every fight, use
0: the ref from the previous fight as now the replay official, rotate them through, there's three or four officials on hand at every fight, this is an easy solution for a, a situation exactly like this a unification fight why let a 10-8 round go when it's clearly a slip freeze that
1: freeze that freeze 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 somewhere and there you
0: can see slips and and
1: you can tell the way i wanted to show something else too we'll go back to it later
0: you can also tell the way hooker's protesting like clearly the ref is in a difficult spot because it was obviously just a mistake i don't think there's anything malicious there but he missed it
1: see if we can see all right let it run maybe we'll see it again where you could see more clearly than... I mean, he just loses balance there. Yeah, he didn't even hit him with the punch, really. Um, We wanted to see if we could see even clearer, but that's clear enough. Um, I don't know what their replay showed. Maybe their replay showed the entanglement of feet, or here's another shot. Rob does a good job. I was about to...
0: he's standing on his foot. Look at his left foot. That's
1: exactly what it was. He stepped on his foot. And look,
0: in the ref's defense, he's behind him. He can't see the foot. He sees a punch. Fair. But this is why we need a replay. This round shouldn't be scored 10-8.
1: Again, what are we? I know I am. (laughs) What are you? (laughs) I'm a dinosaur, okay? (laughs) And I'm trying not to be. I'm trying not to be. But the sport shouldn't be a dinosaur. No. When when there's... uh, when we're at a time when dinosaurs should not be really walking around and uh you know running boxing i mean we we don't need to be primitive if we have skills and abilities and tools to be less primitive to be better to be more sophisticated to to get things right especially in a sport that is so unforgiving mm-hmm. you know it's one thing you want to get it right in baseball and that's good but that guy you know he they're gets, playing 180 games, God, or whatever no, it is. No more guys. than that. Uh, well, no, 160, whatever it is. But still, they're playing the next day. Mm-hmm. He's coming up to bat the next inning, yep. or the inning after. You're not coming up to bat the next inning after after maybe the fight gets stopped or at, that, too, level, at that level. At that level,
0: they're fighting twice a year,
1: and and it changes the dynamic of the fight because now you got to take risks that wasn't part of your plan. And it shouldn't be part of your plan because the referees screwed up, yeah. and you can fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, why should we? It, it it's every other sport. Every uh, they they avail themselves to the sophistication that's there. Why why shouldn't boxing? It's extraordinary. You know why? Because there's nobody doing what we're doing. Really, there's there's nobody overseeing it. There's nobody, there's no central commission head like there is in the other sports Mm -hmm. that's saying, yeah, it's got to get done. Yeah, it's got to get done. Yeah. It's just a free free fall. I'm surprised none of the state athletic commissions just
0: put it in. This is like a no-brainer. You could fix this tomorrow. But actually, like you said, that changes the complexity of the fight because now Hooker's on the defensive. He's just got lost a 10-8 round in the first, so he comes out, and then, who knows if that actually changed it. But he ended up—it ended up being a barn burner of a fight. I mean, the fifth round was one of the best rounds of the year, I would argue. They were like swinging for the fences. Ramirez was putting it on him pretty good, and then eventually stopped him in the sixth round. Again, I thought the ref did a great job with the stoppage. Hooker was hurt. Um, no protest from. No, it was him a good was
1: job. Going, I mean. Yeah. Ramirez showed himself to be not everybody is what I'm about to say a good finisher. Yep, Ramirez looked like a damn good finisher. You are or you aren't. He, he, when he heard him, he was like, uh, you know, ants at a (laughs) picnic, you know, all over. I mean, you know how it can be tough with ants at a picnic, they they swarm, and he swarmed, and he, uh. Boy, he 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 did a he did the job that you want to see a fighter do when they hurt somebody as a finisher. But I'm gonna break it down a little bit more. I the fight was a classical matchup going in as a boxer versus a slugger, mm-hmm. and I'm taking nothing away from Ramirez. But in simple terms, that's what people would kind of categorize this fight as. I believe that's fair. Yeah. Um. Ramirez showed himself to be more than just a slugger, you know. I, I give him credit, and he wouldn't probably get the credit. He'd just get the credit that he was the physically stronger guy, but I'm going to give him credit for more than that. Uh, he did what he had to do, even on the outside, with his jab to stabilize the better boxer, uh, a guy that was supposed to. And listen, Hooker, to his discredit, take. I mean, he he's in there, showed heart, doing everything. But to his discredit, and if we're going to be real here, you got to point out everything that's there, even though it's sometimes things that kind of, you know, go by the wayside, people won't mention normally. But he didn't use the jab the way he should have. Even there in the replay, he was pushing the jab. He should have been getting full extension on that jab, being a taller, longer guy, being a boxer, being the guy who wants to be on the outside. He should have been snapping that jab a little more. All right. But to the, again, to the credit of Ramirez, not just a physically stronger guy. He won that fight, in my eyes, because he also did the things that good fighters have to do. He stabilized, took away the jab or the dominance or the possible dominance of supposedly the better jabber by using his jab, mm-hmm. which was effective. Mm-hmm. So he was able to own some of the outside territory at times where he wasn't supposed to own that, to control that, to, to keep the other guy from dominating in that area. And again, to, I always say on ESPN, I say here on a podcast, I always say that for me, boxing is a battle of geography. It's always about geography. Who fights in a place that's best for him? and, Ramirez, the geography for that fight, for Ramirez to better himself, to, to get optimal results, was to be close. Because he's physically the shorter guy, the stronger guy, too. And perception of a slugger. Obviously, the geography that was supposed to be, you know, the right place for Hooker was on the outside. Uh, not as physical, uh, different skill sets, more sophisticated, supposedly. Uh, speed, you know, length. Suppose the geography that he's supposed to look to control is on the outside. So, and that's the fight did go that way. The guy who owned the geography, the better geography for what their skill sets were, won the fight for the most part. Ramirez was able to get close, was able to get on, get hook on the ropes, was able to get to that physical place that you want to get to if you're the more physical guy. But, and there's a but, again, I'm going to give him extra credit. In the spots when he had to at least offer something on the outside to, again, keep the other guy from getting too confident, too much in control on the outside, Outside of his geography, so to speak, Ramirez did that. He used his jab. He 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 out jabbed. He out jabbed Hooker. Rob's my man. He's probably looking for it to back me up because that's why I, I hang out with you guys. You back me up. <laughs> you back me up. You, that's for you, sure. And you know, and that's what people's friends are supposed to do. But he he used his jab enough to keep. from getting confident from believing that it could be a jab fest from believing that it could be his way tonight and that again I want to give him credit for that because that probably goes past the board a little bit he and he got full extension on other punches I saw him in spots where he put punches together where he's supposed to be closer before he does that but he didn't he got full extension he put combinations together again in the geography that he it didn't figured that he would be controlling and he was doing it at a distance without exposing himself and controlling that area at a time where hooker probably thought he'd be controlling it so he did a lot of i just want to make sure he gets credit for doing more than just being a caveman oh (laughs) no 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 but but but, but more than just being a strong guy yeah Oh, for and, sure. But one of the things he did wrong, and I only have to look at two seconds to be reminded, he was bouncing a little bit. But again, bouncing while he's bouncing in front of the guy, and he's not set. Hooker didn't do what he needed to do at that point. He didn't, with, yeah. he didn't disrupt him with. He didn't disrupt him with that snappy jab. Mm-hmm. He he didn't he he allowed that bouncing to take place, you know, to go by the boards a little bit. Let me ask you this: When you say he didn't disrupt
0: him, right? how much of that is Hooker wasn't following the game plan versus when he did try to disrupt it, he realized that he was getting cracked every time he was trying to
1: disrupt it. Was it that he couldn't get to him or he just didn't? No, it's a time to do it. It's not a matter of realizing he couldn't disrupt it because, as you said, he got cracked. No, it's the right time. He didn't get cracked throwing the jab when the guy was bouncing. Mm -hmm. He got cracked when the guy's feet were set. Gotcha. So he didn't take advantage of opportunities. Uh, Was he set for that? Was he trained for that? Was he made aware of that? Maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just know what I know and what I saw. And at the end, what he did was he broke a fundamental rule. We're talking about fundamentals here, so this fits right in. At the end, Hooker, when he got knocked out, when he was near the ropes where he shouldn't be uh, in this kind of fight, he Ramirez threw a right hand that missed. And But to Ramirez's credit, he followed it with a left hook. Mm-hmm. For a lot of young fighters out there, sometimes that's the benefit to combination punching. One doesn't land, but the other will. And not only that, one could be a throwaway punch. One could serve... To put the guy in a position where the next one lands. Much so like, it wasn't a wasted punch. Much like Wilder, how he sets up that right hand with just kind
0: of a throwaway jab, blinding job. I think
1: Wilder just doesn't know how to throw, so it looks like a throwaway jab because his technique is so bad sometimes that you're giving him credit for a throwaway. And I think all his punches are throwaways because he's out of position with all of them. But the one thing Wilder does do is he brings heart he brings energy he brings confidence he brings power he brings length he brings size you know he brings an effort the one thing you uh, just mentioned belief, that really and i give it, him credit for that the
0: one thing that you mentioned that i think he doesn't get enough credit for is how much heart he has i mean he was hurt bad against Ortiz. I think he, gets he was hurt too. against bad against fury Maybe, but I no, just, no.
1: I I I always give him credit I, for hook. No, no, you but, do.
0: But I don't. I think people think of him just as a big power puncher. But that guy has been in on the ropes in a f- couple of different fights against real punchers, and he's come back like
1: no, he does. Yeah, and that's part of his package. But getting back to this fight, yeah, uh, when when the right hand of Ramirez misses, where he does a good thing, he finishes with the hook. But where Hooker does a bad thing is he breaks a fundamental rule. If we break rules in life, sometimes you get punished for it. <laughs> and uh, no, and yeah. and he made he broke a fundamental rule. It wasn't just that he got landed. He got landed on because of what he, the position he put himself in to allow that to happen. He pulled back. Yeah. You're not supposed to pull your head back. And in that position, at that distance, he pulled back. And the left hook clipped him just on the tip of the chin on the tip of the chin, and it hurt him. Mm. And then Ramirez took it from there. Are we going to see this? Is this what Rob is? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, slow Thank motion. You. Thank you, maestro. So there's the there's hook. There's the hook. And then he closes the show. Yeah. Look at those shots. See, That's what I mean by, you know, just being a good finisher. But um, a lot of people say, well, he was hurt, so it wasn't hard to do. But but let's, let's get back a little further from that. Let's see if we can see the... The right hand make him pull back, and then the left hook clips him. See if we can see that again.
0: While he's pulling that up, I just want to point out, I, in my opinion, I knew Ramirez was good, but I'm shocked at how, how great he looked. And I think that this sets up an awesome unification fight with Progre's fight and, um Josh Taylor coming up. I know a lot of people think Josh Taylor is like it's going to be a good fight. I, I think... Pro Graze is going to run him over. Now, I've been wrong before, but
1: I, and and if that is the case, I think Pro Graze He better will, run him over because he ain't getting a decision over in London. No. So he better run him over. Yeah. Well, I think he is. Not, well, and I think
0: that's why he was But, happy but to he take better knock him
1: out. If he knocks him out, he still might win a split decision. <laughs> over there? I got to tell mean, you. I mean, really, where it's going to be crazy for taylor oh and and over in london
0: don't get me wrong josh taylor is nice no no, but we will talk about that fight yeah yeah right
1: but let's take a look here so the right hand the right hand of uh ramirez is gonna miss but then the left hook is gonna catch him and again hook is gonna pull back so yeah, give me one second, the thing is frozen up there. We'll come back to that. I feel part. like I'm in a geometry class with, with these certain, like we're, we're going into science here. Okay. <laughs> we'll I'm, come I'm back to that. I think I, I think, the, I think
0: it's frozen. But while he's trying to pull that up, let's uh let's jump ahead and talk about the Pro Taylor fight and how it sets up for this. And we'll come back and revisit once we get that solved. Um like I said, I think that Pro Grace, my opinion, I think he's gonna run through uh Taylor and set this Ramirez Pro Grace um unification fight up that taylor Progre's fight is the finals in the uh world boxing
1: super series exciting tournament uh i'm hoping talking about geography sometimes it's the geography of where the fight takes place not the fight inside the ring yep and i could tell it and i think that's that's a big big thing yeah and
0: i think that um you know prograze recently relocated from um louisiana to uh los angeles is now my new neighbor and um i I'd actually love to have him on the show at some point i think he's an interesting personality and i think is there anyone
1: in interested... boxing you don't know now since you've been doing this with me um, is there anybody that rob who don't we know anymore? it's a very short list i don't know it's a very short list that... let's see you remind me of a of a story i'll tell you in a minute let's see if we're gonna get to the right place here on the ropes, right?
0: Here it is, I think. Here, it yeah. clips him on the chin. Yeah, it,
1: it, it, I was just wondering if we had a slow motion angle on that, where you, you could know. see him pull back. But he pulls back a little bit, and the left yeah. hook, the left hook catches him. As we talked about, we'll see what what we get later on. But um, getting to the you knowing everybody <laughs> that there's no one you don't know. reminds me of a story about. Uh, gangster uh in new york he was a he was a infamous famous whatever word just it's properly applicable for for such things probably infamous uh, i would yeah. say. i guess <laughs> and um he <laughs> maybe that's my problem i would st- saying it the wrong way but he he was known as as a guy that would uh put his hand on everybody put it that way would look to shake everyone down put his hand in everyone's pocket you know and so, uh, a yeah to be quite frank. But, you know, even for a gangster. But that he was, that everybody that was around him was with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd go into a restaurant, now you're with him. And, you know, <laughs> he's he's got his hand in your till. And so it was so bad that the, the gangsters themselves would say that so-and-so, you know, the guy's name, uh, puts his... Puts his hand on a phone book, and everybody in there is with him. <laughs> 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 and, and you're getting to be that way in boxing. Oh, that, I don't want to be the gavone No, no, you're not a gavon. <laughs> no, it's different. Yeah, listen, you're not shaking anyone down. Ah, hell, no. I wouldn't be with you. But I, but you It's just that there's nobody in boxing now. It's getting close to that point. Uh, that that you don't have. Uh, that you don't know and uh, i'm friendly people and, come well, and talk friendly? to me at the fights I, 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 and uh
0: it never gets old to me when the people recognize me at the fights recently and people are like can i get a picture i'm like you want to get a picture let me take a picture of you taking a picture of me so i can send it to my wife and say you see this <laughs> they recognized me
1: oh it's it great. never gets I'm old really happy. I, I i'm happy i love the boxing fans i love I'm talking to them you. at the
0: fights it's uh it's, been it's a happy. fun it's ride. just it's it,
1: just to see this grow this growth it's it's uh it's like watching you know it's like watching something grow right in front of me it's getting larger every day every minute all the time it's. Uh, well, I think it's testament to the
0: the 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 love and support that the fans of boxing have for you. Obviously, no one's
1: gonna know me without uh, the I fight with Teddy Atlas. I think it's great. You're building. You go out there. It's like you're. It's like you're growing an army for us. <laughs> That's the fans. they like know, you, I,
0: I gotta say honestly, I love uh, the fans at like the you're boxing recruit, events.
1: Yeah, a recruiter. You're you're putting soldiers together, <laughs> kind of like the the in the beginning years ago. I wish we could ever get to that height of what I'm about to describe but years ago I remember at its infancy the Howard Stern radio show oh yeah, yeah. and he would have his guy go out to different places yeah and he was basically uh recruiting soldiers yeah. for the show you know <laughs> every time they would see the guy they'd say yeah that's that's the Howard Stern that's Howard Stern's show you know you're you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing. You're, you're building uh, an audience here. Trying. It's getting bigger. Just don't let me see you putting your hand on a phone book. <laughs> well, All right? speaking of going out to the events, I was at the
0: um, Kowanaki uh, Areola fight this Saturday at Barclays Center. Man, well, we I didn't was... finish about Progress. Oh, sorry. You're right. No. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Pro Grace Taylor coming up. Uh, they're going to fight in London, World Boxing Super Series. And... Um, like i said my my thoughts on that is that Prograze wins this going away. you have any thoughts?
1: yeah, a little bit um I think Prograze is maybe the more dynamic athlete uh toward your point or at least your thinking of the result that you're thinking of that Prograze might be the more athletic guy um more dynamic talent in to a certain degree yeah i I think that's possible and Maybe likely, uh, he might have the pressure. Shouldn't have it, but you know, life's not always fair. Uh, it might have the pressure of having to be more dynamic, uh, and having to score a knockout to win this fight off in London with Taylor. Mm. But two Southpaws fighting each other, both undefeated, and again, the geography is going to be important in the ring and outside the ring because the fight being in London, it's going to be something to overcome as far as if it goes to the scorecards. I could see Pro Grace being pushing or trying to push the fight a little bit at some point coming forward, and his style is to move his head, a lot of head movement, but unprotected head movement. What do I mean by that? His hands are on up. Mm-hmm. He does it with his hands low, and – Taylor, I can see Taylor taller, longer on the outside looking to be a sniper, looking to pot shot him, looking to – if I was the trainer, I think that might be the program I'd be setting up or the, the fight plan strategy I'd be setting up to take what he gives us it, it force him to come forward, uh, being that we have some physical assets uh Maybe advantages if we use them in the right way, where we're a little taller, a little longer, where we can force them to come to us and look to time them. Look to time that head movement, that naked head movement. i say it again. Not just head movement. Naked head movement. Where if he doesn't make you miss, you catch him clean. Where he has to be perfect. It's hard to be perfect all the time. And... I can see Josh Taylor having that kind of fight plan with his trainer, Barry McGuigan's son, who's doing a good job yeah. over there. He's developing a good stable of, of fighters, he's developing a good reputation, he's doing a good job as a mm-hmm. trainer. Uh, you know, the the son of the former featherweight champ of the world, Barry McGuigan. Um, so I can see Josh Taylor against two southpaws looking to pot shot him, uh, yeah catch pro grace coming in with a little recklessness with those hands low Josh Taylor is a guy who's maybe not as dynamic as far as pure ability but he's got ability and he's technically pretty well rounded pretty solid technically where he knows how to box on the outside and he can go inside in the trenches too and work the body I've seen it uh, and be comfortable doing that so it should be an interesting fight it should be a good fight Uh, An interesting fight Um, Again, I hate to say it, but I know the realities of the sport and that's why people I hope listen to us because we talk about the realities not just about what's easy and convenient and avoid things that aren't convenient and easy or worry about what somebody might Say that we're saying something. We say what we believe and Hopefully with the judgment that that should be attached to those beliefs if he doesn't hurt Taylor it's, he's gonna unless it's the kind of fight we don't expect where it's completely dominant which you expect but I don't expect um it's gonna be hard for him to get out of there, you know with with a decision, but having said that, put that aside just the things that we we can't control that the things that we can talk about that are more control about controllable the talent the styles. Uh, the you know the technique uh the mistakes that both guys can make i I can see Taylor again boxing on the outside when he has to get in close being able to tuck up and do that too he's technically pretty solid uh at the end of the day I see Taylor winning a decision um yeah i I wow. see it the opposite of you I again pro grace I see what you see but I also see what I see. You know, I see the mistakes. I see, I see the whole picture of the atmosphere and what's going to be going on. And listen, the crowd can work the other way too. The crowd could work to entice Taylor to fight in the wrong geography. Mm. It can do that a lot. That should be said. It could also it could lift you, but it could also lift you to where you shouldn't be, to to fight the kind of fight, uh, overly aggressive fight, if you will, whatever. But in the wrong places the wrong quarters uh that because you're fulfilling what you think the crowd wants you to fulfill yeah either way it's an interesting fight i think that i can see taylor um i think he has to get hurt and i'm not saying he can't get hurt i'm not saying he can't get hurt but he he probably has to get hurt uh for pro to be able to win that fight over in london yeah oh that'll be interesting uh, One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong. That's right.
0: Well, regardless of who wins, it makes for an interesting unification fight with Ramirez. Seems like all parties are interested in seeing that happen.
1: It's the- an interesting fight. If Taylor wins, it's a huge fight in London. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think it has to be there because of the the you know the finances would mm. would speak to it. Yeah, would demand it. For sure, but although Ramirez is a big draw in California too, really big, yeah. So, so, you, you, but I, I still think that it would probably go towards London. But if, if, uh, I mean, again, you know, it, it would be like I said, it would be um, if 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 it goes the other way, obviously, if Grace wins. Uh, then, then you know it's going to be in California, Ramirez, because uh, Ramirez draws huge. And is now
0: living in L.A., so that would uh, yeah. it would make a lot of sense. And uh, I'll throw
1: something in there. Yeah. I'll throw a little something. We're talking about futures, right? Yeah, yeah, That's what the fans want us to talk about. So that that would be the the fight. Um, how about again? We're not there, but Lomachenko is fighting Campo in London. Huge fight. Yeah. Huge fight against the gold medalist, two gold medalists. Lomachenko, Campbell was a gold medalist in the Olympics. And Lomachenko is a two-time gold medalist, the best fighter in the world, either him or Crawford, for the most part, I think most people would agree. And it's going to be a huge fight over there. Now, if Lomachenko wins that fight over there, how about, how about him going up? I know that he's already at his max, so to speak, but... It depends. You're at your max. You're at lightweight now. He's gone up already three weight classes, Schenkel. And when we spoke and, to my and, and he said, I'm, I'm as heavy max. as I can get. Yes, there. yes. You don't want to go to the next stage. But that's against a guy like Mickey, Mikey Garcia, who's no longer in the picture yeah. for for the most part. That was against that kind of talent. Yeah. Now, do you rethink that? Do you rethink it, Ken? And you say, wait a minute. I. It's a different. I'm not, not, I'm not in any way. Knocking these guys or not respecting Ramirez or or Grace or or Taylor, but it's a different talent level now. Mm. Now do you say, wait a minute, with those guys being the opponent, and it being a huge fight in London, a huge fight, you know, in California? Do does Lomachenko, if there's no other places to fish? so to speak, right? Does he start thinking, hey, maybe I will go up to Junior Welter.
0: Maybe I will go up. Especially if one of those guys unifies all four belts yeah. and Loma can go up and, yeah. and, 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 and challenge for all four yeah. belts at another weight you, class. You, it would be un- it unprecedented. Changes,
1: it changes the thinking now. Yes. Where we thought the door was closed yeah. on Loma going any higher. Yeah. It might open again. That's all that would be an interesting scenario that's all that's all i'm saying yeah but um compelling matchup
0: too either pro assuming regardless who wins all three of those guys Ramirez, Taylor and uh, Progray's any of those guys assuming Loma gets past Campbell
1: which i think he will man what a compelling fight that would be that's going to be an interesting fight because Campbell's not the easiest style he's a tall long guy not a physical guy mm-hmm. But he likes to talk about geography. He likes to control the outside, and he's—I uh, believe he's a Southpaw. But he likes to control like Loma. Uh, he likes to control the outside, and he—you know—you come in four inches, he goes back eight. Yeah, that's not the easiest. Uh, I mean, Loma deals with everything. I—I I got it. I—I mm-hmm. I got you. But its uh, any it's in London, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I would pick Loma, but I'm just saying it's it's might be a little tiny bit more to it. Although if Loma gets to his geography and he always gets to it, that's for sure. If he gets to his geography, then the difference in physicality will show. Yeah. His body attack on a thin guy, Mm -hmm. on a more wiry guy. It will show. Mm -hmm. It will show. Yeah. That's all. Well, selfishly, I'm
0: hoping it's Progrez and Ramirez so they
1: can fight in California, well, Prograce, and I you can are, just drive down the street and watch it. Well, Grace again. You you get your hand on that phone book. pro <laughs> is he, he's one of your guys now. <laughs> you know, you're taking over this business. I mean, everybody, everybody is gonna. It, it scares me almost. So, but I'm proud that that it, to see it. But I mean, I'm almost thinking kind of like one of those vampire movies where. <laughs> Where where the the guys had tattoos on the back of their neck, and you knew that they were they were in a vampire club. You, you know, I'm I'm wondering if people in boxing now, if I walk by and I see, you know, I see a certain. It'll I, be a shamrock tattoo uh, instead like, of like, vampire bite. Like a KR, <laughs> you know, uh, or you know, or TF with KR. <laughs>
0: We'll see. Well, listen. Let's talk about the Koanaki um, Ariola card because that was a good one. That was, I mean, in the in the. Um, it's
1: only. Listen. It's only. Uh, the card I'm saying was. I know, good. no, yeah, but I'm just saying that, that it's hard. It's hard telling the truth sometimes because
0: we're gonna get to
1: it. No, no, but I'm just saying in general. I mean, because you take there's always someone's gonna say, "Well, why?" Are you? But do you, you want the truth or you want the you, you want it only when it's well we're going to get the truth it, so if you don't want can, the truth no
0: i'm just saying stop stop the only show when now. it's
1: still convenient you yeah. know what i mean i mean because i mean yeah it was an entertaining fight yes 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 to a certain extent but it was one sided so i don't know how entertaining it was but yeah it was rock'em, sockam rock em, sock em, roll, okay anyone could say s- that oh, anyone could sec- make that but i'm just saying it, it could it could also be you know a commercial for Excedrin. For migraine headaches, you're, you're, uh, because, referring- and it's not supposed to be. Uh, it's not always supposed to be. You know, just about. You know who. Who can get hit in the head the most? You're talking about the main event, and just, just to saying. just
0: to clarify, I, the whole card I thought was entertaining, and we'll get to that main event. But just to uh, summarize, the main card started with um, Curtis Stevens, who lost. He looked to be, n- no offense to Curtis, he looks to be a shot fighter. Every time he got touched, he went down. The ref finally stopped.
1: Good it. punch, Stevens, to uh, his career. I mean, good luck. Dangerous does punch, but, but if he but doesn't get you yeah, out of there, no, I'm not disagreeing and, and now he's at where he is too so
0: anyway, Stur- stevens lost his title in the first fight on the main car but um the next fight was pretty compelling because you had john pascal against uh marcus brown from staten island marcus brown obviously undefeated olympian coming in riding high destroyed badu jack looked to be world beater and uh pascal who you could easily argue is a shot fighter past his prime coming in but he didn't look like it this night He was getting to Marcus Brown. They were exchanging. Marcus Brown was landing some big shots. Didn't seem to have any effect on Pascal. Pascal eventually dropped him two or three times. And then he got up. Um, Marcus Brown suffered a a vicious cut via headbutt accidental. (laughs) They went to a technical decision to the scorecards. Marcus Brown lost on all three scorecards by uh, one point. But, uh, man, this was a raucous crowd. Big support for Marcus Brown. (laughs) But ironically, John Pascal probably had three or four fans all sitting directly behind Marcus Brown's people and screaming in French the whole night. There was bad blood coming into this. Pascal was riding him about his domestic abuse charges. Just a lot of bad blood leading into the fight, and they were getting after it. It was a tough tough fight for the referee. He was busy all night breaking them up in clinches, a lot of roughhousing. And uh, credit to John Pascal, he he took it to him and uh took his belt took his interim title and um like i said marcus brown suffered a vicious uh cut on his eye um but yeah interesting uh interesting dynamic there b-side wins both the first two um events on that card both two the first two fights on the main card um any thoughts on the marcus brown pascal fight
1: right hands you know southpaw killer Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you know, and Pascal's right hand, you know, was uh was effective that night and when it needed to be, you know, in uh in the spots that that he needed it to uh, be that Pole kill it was, you know, and it obviously uh got him the victory, uh, getting those knockdowns three knockdowns i
0: believe bad knockdowns the first one his head snapped back bounced off the canvas i I was actually surprised he got up because i mean it was that was a legit knockdown i mean he was rocked
1: one of the things that you know um i think it's a misnomer you know when when he got dropped i think i heard that for the most part they were saying keep your hands up and there's no doubt you know keeping Mm -hmm. your hands up is Pretty good advice, usually, right? Well, in a fight, uh, typically, you know, in life in general, and you know, symbolically, you know, keep your hands up, (laughs) be alert, right? Uh, And and there's no doubt about that that those habits are important, and they can save you, and they can they can hurt you, they can send you to a bad place, you know, if you don't have them in place when the moment comes. But a lot of people are not educated beyond that. And I'm not saying I know more than anyone else, but just like it's too simple to just say keep your hands up sometimes. And I'm not saying that that's not at at times and oftentimes in my business can be the case. It can be. It can be. Probably more so than other, other things uh, that can go wrong. You can pick that, you know. But when... In the spots that I saw, where Brown got caught, where it really, and and I didn't plan on doing something, you know, to to really help somebody, or but I think that's what we do with the sport. If we can help, if we can point things out, you know, I, I guess that's I feel is what our responsibility to do is, and or further somebody's understanding of something. Uh, through educating in a a little tiny bit of a way but where he got caught it was both times the same place the same reason it really wasn't different things it was with the same punch the right hand that can be effective against southpaws and it was where he'd be over on the right side throwing the right hook which is you know a good punch for a southpaw because it can be very effective and sometimes to the body or to the head, and sometimes the orthodox fighter doesn't see the right hook as well, doesn't pick it up as well, because his peripheral is not used to seeing the punch come from that angle. Yeah, He's more used to seeing it come from the orthodox angle, mm-hmm. right, to where it's more conventional. So both times, from what I remember, he was throwing the right hook, and when you throw the right hook, or when you throw any punch, right? Mm-hmm. You you have a defensive responsibility with the offensive aim mm-hmm. and the offensive you know, goal to land. There's still a defensive responsibility. And a lot of people don't realize that, and a lot of times that doesn't get across, is that you shouldn't lose that defensive responsibility. And what I mean by that is, say you're throwing a right hook. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. You throw the right hook. But you have to stay in a position where you're sound, mm-hmm. where you're protected, where you're safe, like which is over here, outside where he can't catch you. So mm-hmm. you follow me? Yeah, So yeah, you're over here, and you're bang. See how I – or if I'm throwing a left hook, bam. I just snapped a – bam. I'm throwing it here. But if when you're throwing a right hook, this punch, you got to maintain that defensive position so you're not exposing yourself. So what happens is – if you're not cognizant of that or in the habit of that, you come over here to throw it. Yep. Now when you come over here. Right down Main Street now for the counter. Well, now you're in no man's land. Now you're in a danger zone that you shouldn't have been in. You don't have to give up defense for offense is what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're over here and you're throwing the punch and and listen he's got great trainers. Yeah. So I'm I'm not in any way I'm just doing our show. Yeah yeah. Just the same as I would do you know and I don't even have to say nothing to be because this is helpful I well, mean yeah, we're going to gonna show we're But but show I'm a I'm, I'm just saying it. that you know that uh, because I I want to always try to be I only want to be the best I can be. Yeah. And and as a person as as a commentator as a po- podcast uh uh, show person I, I want to be the best I can be and and uh, say things that should be said uh, f- for reasons that and and not, uh, and not keep those things from being said because uh, of anything other than is, is it something that could be helpful, is it something that can add to the show, is it something that can add to the experience of the listener, is it something that could possibly be Beneficial in teaching, yeah. And again, whether it's him or whether it's uh, whether it's uh, whether Ariolo or whether it's uh, whether it's Pasquale or, or whatever whoever the fighter yeah. is, there there are again certain things that are fundamental things that if you go awry a of them, mm-hmm. things can happen. Yeah. And so the idea of throwing a punch seems like a good idea. <laughs> until you throw it and you venture and your, your head travels over to the other side to a side where there's danger. Mm-hmm. So in bottom line is you're throwing this punch, boom, stay there. Snap that, go, bang, so keep that defensive position. But if you come out and you throw it and you fall over to the other side, well, there's bad things on that side sometimes and we let's gotta, take a look we at what we're talking and and that's one one to fight for him so and there it is see on the second right hook once again we gotta go slower boom boom he straightened up yeah. it, the the second punch allowed him to come into a zone that he shouldn't have came into to an area that you're not supposed to come into mm-hmm. it allowed him to straighten up and be in a vulnerable place mm-hmm. but it but you really your responsibility has to be to to not go to that place when you're throwing your punch. Mm-hmm. Again, it seems like a good idea. I'm throwing my punch. Yeah, sure it's a good idea because you could hurt the guy, you could hit the guy. But if you're throwing your punch and while throwing a punch, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. Well, you, you can you can pay a price for it. You and, don't want to roll
0: the dice and put yourself in a 50-50 well, position to, where you could land well, you or you could get but, dropped. But,
1: but he doesn't realize he's doing it. Yeah, uh, okay. he's not doing it on purpose, obviously. And and again, uh, there's another but, one. You know, wide looping right hook. Yeah, I mean that was a that was a different one. This was one just standing straight up there after he missed. Yep. You know staying in that no man's land, mm-hmm. you know, just staying straight up, I think there's other ones that probably could have shown again the illustration of what I'm talking yeah. about, but the one showed it, but I think there was there was two knockdowns. I mm-hmm. think there's a third one if Rob finds it, which probably illustrates even clearer uh what I was talking about, yeah, as far as you know that vulnerability. You yeah. Know that but but at the uh at the end of the day you know he showed hard he got up and um but pascal at his age at this point in his career showed something oh yeah you know i think he surprised and, a lot of people and you know oh he he did he was a i think he was a 20 to 1 underdog <laughs> huge um and the cut that Marcus Brown suffered
0: was as bad as I've seen. I mean, it was spewing blood. And when he left the ring, the ref was like literally had a... I mean, the doctor had him practically in a headlock holding the pressure on his eye all the way back to the locker room. They couldn't stop the bleeding. It was severe. And um yeah, it was... I tell you, the crowd was was uh, aggressive, man. Pascal, like I said, there was a lot of uh, bad blood going into that. And as Pascal left the arena with the belts... Brown's people were giving it to them good and 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 Pascal was going back at them and by the time his trainers came by like 30 seconds later the people started to get really aggressive to the point where I was like where is the security man this is unacceptable they're going to like take a swing at this guy at these trainers and now granted the trainers were antagonistic but you shouldn't be in fear of the fans attacking the trainers and fighters regardless of what's gone on like you're not involved in the you're not involved in the event mind your business Cheer for your guy, offer support, but like, don't start getting aggressive and taking swings at people. It was really unfortunate, and I was like, yeah, it really left a, a bad taste in my mouth watching people behave like this. Um, but anyway, coming into the uh, main event, Ariola and um, Konaki. Um,
1: I like Chris Ariola; he's such a nice guy. And um, I quote his fights years ago on ESPN. Yeah, uh, at least one of maybe. No, more than one, several of his fights. He's a good person. He's yeah, a nice person. Good came, family
0: came out before the before his event during the undercards to walk his family. But to the, but uh-huh.
1: but he's he's taken too much punishment. Yes, and and for too long. Yep, and you know he's uh, there's not much left there other than heart. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, he never really learned. Um, listen, I'm not saying everyone has the capacity to learn to the level of a Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Of course, they don't. Um, but you don't know until you teach them Mm -hmm. how much they can learn. He never never really was, doesn't appear, because I want to be responsible. It doesn't appear that he was ever really taught the things that a tough kid, a big kid, a strong kid, a tough kid, I'll say it again, like him should have been taught to go along with that toughness. Yeah. Like defensive things, Mm -hmm. you know head movement, um, you know, just just to the, I mean, not just taught, but insisted on, just like, you know, it was pushed. His offensive part of his game was always pushed and was always emphasized mm-hmm. that learning those things should have been emphasized. Yeah. You know, you would think, mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But to looking at it and being up close to seeing him for so many years, uh, Corners fights on ESPN, it was always my thought that I wish a kid like this with all that heart and a terrific personality and a great family kid um, that he would have just been – we knew what his natural assets were to be tough, to to yeah. be strong, to punch a little bit, uh, to have a good chin. But that some of the other things that weren't naturally there uh, would have been taught to him. That's all. Yeah. He's uh, cause he gets hit too much. Very much. Yeah, definitely.
0: So before the fight, he came out, walked his family out. They were sitting next to me and he came over and said, hello, just like a real gentleman. And, um,
1: into Ken, f- you're Ken. You're, you're Ken, the <laughs> fight doctor. Is, it is, I mean, well, I got
0: a funny story for you along those lines. So okay, they get into it and they're, uh, you know, as anyone who saw the fight, they were just trading. There was like, I don't know, zero defense, not even an inkling of defense. And
1: Konaki's, I mean, both Let of me them. Let me jump in for one second. K- Konaki, is this fair? I just described that it was kind of, I feel bad that I was able to watch the progression of Ariola's career from an early stage, yeah. corners fights years ago on ESPN, and never really saw the teaching. And again, maybe somebody was teaching him. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that out there, but I never saw the results of it. Is that yeah. fair? Yep. Uh, through all those years, and it, it felt bad. Like you never saw that. Is it fair to say that in some ways we're revisiting that with Konaki? That that hundred uh, percent. I'll tell you if- you've seen the same thing that I saw that I felt bad about in an early development, and I don't know what the show's going to talk about this stuff. Yep. I, I uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's important to talk about because it's part of the business, it's part of the game, it's part of what will allow a guy to go to the next level or keep a guy from going to the next level. Yep. And it's part of being a human being that we care about these things and that we bring these things up from that level too, mm-hmm. not just from the. Business and the sports level. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Is it fair that to say that we're almost seeing in this fight a rekindling, a rebirth, a re, a revisiting of a young Ariola in in the same stages that that Kanaki. That that Ariola that I described that I saw years ago in Ariola, a tough kid, a game kid, a fan friendly kid, uh, a TV friendly kid that everybody loved to watch, and but wasn't learning the things that you would hope that they would be learning. I would say, and and that Kanaki is, it's Ariola again. It's 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 like you're watching, you're watching if you look at it this way through this prism of of eyes with this information, it's like you're watching a rebirth of Ariola again through Kanaki going through the same thing. Is he, I guess what I'm saying is, is he going to go down the same path? Because it's very similar. It's like you're looking at it a, again, a, a young Ariola where he's tough, he's game, but you're not seeing the development defensively. You're not seeing him learn those things and that it's going to be the same thing. Ariola, with all the gamers, all the things, all those great things, he got to a point where the toughness couldn't take him any further. Are we seeing the same thing with Kanaki? It's almost like we are. I agree. Is that fair?
0: The only thing I would say is I think Kanaki looks a little bit more polished and fundamentally sound i don't
1: but i don't know that i agree but go ahead
0: his combinations looked a little bit smoother but what i will say is with what with an older guy that's that that could be deceiving exactly and what i was gonna tell you is Ariola hit him enough times that i can promise you if if wilder hits him like that it's gonna be lights out he walked through a lot of Ariola's punches is not known as like a hammer like Wilder is Wilder is going to like put him to sleep if he cleans clean on him the way Ariola did that's my view. that's my view on it I just don't see I don't see him threatening the Wilder uh Fury maybe you know Fury's not quite as big a puncher but I don't I, even Ruiz I think would take him apart
1: but you know, I've been wrong before Listen I'm I, I'm not in any way being disparaging when I say this you know because it's been said before we can use these kind of phrases to say that but ken ken you're saying that your view you what you think that if he fights water i think stevie wonder would think the same thing <laughs> do, you, do you understand yeah, i'm with you i mean not for nothing yeah. not to take away from your your, your judgment <laughs> but i mean yeah yeah you think mm. i mean uh, if water and again i've Nobody respects fighters more than me. It's my whole life. But are, are you kidding me? If Wada was to fight Kanaki, I mean, if you go back to the commissions of the years ago and you watch some of the movies and some of the documentaries, documentary or documented stuff, I should say, and uh, you go back and you watch The Cinderella Man. Yeah. There was a great puncher called Max Bear. Tremendous puncher. Mm-hmm. You heard a few guys. Mm-hmm. They They unfortunately... You know, he, he a couple of guys passed away after the fight, or well, one guy did anyway, and um, which you know happens and unfortunately has happened in our sport recently. And as I'm thinking about it, I just want to say that all the fans out there continue to pray for those two fighters that we lost, mm-hmm. um, for their families and for them. Uh, so if you watch that, and, and you know, Max Baer was a great right hand puncher, and he was he was you know getting ready he was getting ready to getting ready to to fight for mm-hmm. to defend his title and it was uh he was defending his title against um the uh, the Cinderella man uh it's it's not with me right now um the heck uh the Cinderella man they made the movie on russell crowe played yeah. him uh the heck um oh god it's on the tip of my
0: rob will come up with the yeah word.
1: rob will grab it but uh, i can't believe i'm i'm remembering max man but i'm not remembering uh the guy who beat him uh anyway so when that fight was being proposed like you're talking about kanaki possibly fighting wilder right mm. and when that fight was being proposed there were people saying that the fight shouldn't be sanctioned. The commission wasn't going to sanction it. They they had to give a lot of thought to it. They they checked they uh, checked the opponent again. Who who the heck? Uh, it's world champion. It's the guy that uh, that Lewis took the title from. Um, James Braddock. Yeah, James Braddock. James Braddock, There it is. There it is, Rob, you're fired <laughs> you're fired I mean our camera guy had to get come up with it <laughs> wow, james praddock, yeah, uh James Praddock, a special story guy that that lost all his money during the depression uh in nineteen twenty nine uh you know lost everything, had to go on home relief, what they call welfare, yeah now, and he uh he gets a chance to fight for the heavyweight title. Oh, my goodness. What a story. Cinderella, man. Yeah. And he he wins the heavyweight title mm-hmm. through all that. And he was a good, solid fighter. Fought a lot of fights, a lot of good fighters. Good, solid fighter. But he didn't get enough credit until he won the title for what he was. But the people that understood the business understood that he did deserve a shot. And he did because he won. Yeah. But the point I'm making is... Because of the power of you know the power of Max Bay because of the perception of the mismatch that it would be, there were people that wouldn't automatically give their okay to the fight. they wouldn't give their blessing to the fight. The fight almost didn't happen because again, people thought the guy would get basically hurt that Baer, that that uh, that he would you know that bear would would hurt him um Braddock. So what I'm saying here is before this fight, it's almost like there should be a responsibility to the commissions to approving this fight. And I again, nobody's going to go out there. People will probably be critical of me saying, you're saying he shouldn't be allowed to fight for the heavyweight title against Juan. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we have precedent for such things, that there should be some thought if if – the guy could get hurt, or if if it's a any kind of possibility of being competitive, there should be some thought of that. That's all I'm saying. Especially, I guess, in any weight class, but especially the heavyweights. Oh yeah, shouldn't um, have. Uh, tell me, Dominick Brazil, am, am I wrong? Yeah, no, no. So I'm just saying, with a guy who who looks like a magnet for punches, yeah, right, yeah, looks like like you know he he looks like uh, I mean he He looks like the if you walk through you know one of those static electricity machines and and all that stuff starts attaching to the shirt you're wearing because you're wearing a cotton shirt yeah i mean that's that's how punches seem to attach to him, you know he looks like the well you would never look that way you you you're too well. Groomed, but you know the, the guy that has lint all over him. You know, well, you know, you know what I mean?
0: one one guy who didn't have lint all over him, and I wanted to point this out to you I know you wouldn't bring it up, so I want I want to discuss it. But what but wait, let say? me just finish. Ahead,
1: ahead. I'm just saying that for this fight, when you talk about the possibility of Wado and Kanaki, and you see Kanaki, the propensity he has for getting hit with punches, mm. that yet wouldn't it be responsible to say should that fight be made that's what i'm saying i'm not trying to keep anyone from making money i'm just being responsible saying something that i think makes sense to say yeah that that i know is not fashionable to say yeah yeah but really because you could and again it's not the meaning but what i'm going to say to make a point is that if you ask me for the prediction of that fight i would probably say well how long does it take for what has anyone timed with a stopwatch how long it takes for water to walk out to the center of the ring <laughs> does it does anyone done that does it take four and a half seconds yeah. does it take six seconds does it take eight seconds because once he walks that distance and finds kanaki he's gonna find them with a punch
0: yeah. That doesn't seem to be too hard to hit him with punches. But I will say to Konagi's credit, he never seemed to be even wobbled by any of Ariola's punches. But how not old Areola, is Ariola? was gonna say, not that Ariola's known as a big puncher. No, but... no,
1: he was a pretty good puncher, but, but how old is he? And I know power's the last thing that leaves you foreman showed that. Yeah. But but, but speed and accuracy and, and endurance leave you. Yeah, no no no. You're and right. and that that is part of makes a difference. And I'm not saying that Kanaki doesn't have a good chin. I'm not saying that. But against Areola, but and Ariola's okay. But against Wilder, nobody's going to have the capacity to take those punches yeah. unless they know how to avoid them. Yep. And he hasn't shown that ability well
0: speaking of avoiding lint one guy who didn't look to have any lint on him was uh joe Goosen with a uh interesting corner choice in uh wardrobe he seemed to have on like a denim tuxedo a white denim jacket and um you know he was getting a lot of praise in the press about what a great job he was doing with Ariola. and i'm watching this almost feeling like i was reading the book the emperor has no clothes because and again i, I don't want to sound like i'm crapping on Joe Goosen, but I'm just going to tell you what I saw. Watching the replay, at one point, he's telling Chris, basically, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, The first person to crack is going to lose, meaning the first person to gas out. It seemed to me his advice in between rounds was almost like, Chris, keep taking shots. Eventually, he'll get so tired, he'll just fall over, and you'll win. It just seemed like no real technical advice. Maybe I'm wrong, and again, I don't want to sound like I'm... Attacking Goosen, but i didn't see any real tr- coaching there other than yeah keep doing what you're doing you're tough you can take a beating I mean, he was losing pretty convincingly and he was offering him no suggestions of how to avoid taking like bombs every single round what did you see there and i know you don't want to be critical no, i mean and, like, listen come I, across, not, like, sour. look I,
1: no i did, I'm, I'm gonna just say that i I saw what anybody saw. I, you know, I saw Ariola was the same Ariola that he's. You know, no knock on anybody. Uh, he was the same Ariola that he, unfortunately, has been the last several years. A guy that gets hit too much. Mm. That's all. And and you know, hopefully, it's his last fight because he. You're um, concerned when you know this is a tough business and. You see a guy that at at any stage of his career get hit that much, you have concern, but at this stage at this age, after this much punishment has been you know absorbed by him you you, you you're concerned that's yeah. all just yeah. concerned that uh that he's that he shouldn't fight anymore you know uh and that he's given us some good fights, and we love Chris Ariola and that he's just going to uh He's going to be with his family now and you know enjoy his life and find something else to do but not to be in a ring because uh what we see is what we see every time he gets in a ring a tough guy that gets hit yeah. that's all
0: all right i don't want to beat a dead horse there that was a uh it was a fun card i uh, maybe not the most technical uh High-level boxing, but a fun, entertaining card. And before we wrap this up, I want to just quickly touch on the- uh, And listen,
1: boxing is supposed to your point. I understand what you can. Uh, and from the commentator's standpoint, from everybody, to be quite frank, boxing is supposed to be- There was a reason why somebody coined the phrase sweet science.
0: Yeah, there wasn't and, a lot it, of science, I'm just
1: saying yeah. it's supposed to be- more, I'm not saying it can be all the time. It is all the time. But it's supposed to be more than just one guy- you know, hitting another guy. Yeah. You know, and hitting him randomly, mm-hmm. without any science or without any effort to it. Yeah. You know, without trying to figure out a way to catch this guy because there's a slickness to him, and and maybe you do catch him, but there was some there was some thinking that was involved in it. There was there was some uh, you know some technique and 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 whether it's called science or or strategy or you know instinct or but you you had to figure out a way to land the punch yeah it should be more than just you throw a punch and it will land mm-hmm. that's all
0: yeah well before we wrap up i want to quickly discuss the um News on Canelo, Triple G, a lot of controversy here with um, this matchmaking. And I think a lot of it stems from the Triple G, uh, from the Canelo, um, the zone, big deal they signed there. You know, they obviously signed him to like a $365 million, $360, whatever it is, $300 plus million deal for 10 fights. Then they went out and got Triple G for a big deal for three or four fights, whatever it was, with the understanding that they were gonna make Canelo Triple G three. And apparently Canelo, for whatever reason, he doesn't like Triple G. He doesn't want to make the fight. He's holding out. So he starts negotiating with um Derechenko for the IBF belt. And Golden Boy seems to have dropped the ball here by all accounts, including Canelo, right? They enter into negotiation with Lou bello who I spoke to yesterday on the phone about trying they were trying to make this fight and Golden Boy just assumes they have Canelo that they can do whatever the hell they want. They they keep asking for extensions. Of uh, IBF eventually, bottom line strips Canelo. Looks like we're gonna get Triple G versus Derechanko
1: for that IBF title. Well, they can do anything they yeah. want, haven't they proven that? I oh, mean, they've for been sure. they've been named the uh, what do they call that new champion now? The uh, the franchise franchise, belt. franchise champion franchise champion basically the wbc that rules apply to everyone else but to them that, well the do, that at least bullet, with the wbc that you have a bulletproof uh, bubble around you that you the could,
0: ibf wasn't uh, playing that game they told them we have rules you have a mandatory make the fight they couldn't make the fight they gave them two or three extensions they stripped them and now it looks like we're going to get uh triple g and derechenko It looks is looking like what it's going to happen but now they're talking uh canelo and um Andrade, and if i'm canelo i would have bent over backwards to try to make the derechenko fight versus andrade that's a much more dangerous fight in my opinion but there's just a ton of drama here came out yesterday canelo's uh has a problem with golden boy says he wasn't involved in the negotiations i don't know how much of that is accurate but it certainly looks like golden boy is floundering around here it doesn't they don't look good in this and Now you got Ryan Garcia, another one of their fighters, who's like one of their, you know, after Canelo basically pays all the bills. And then you've got Ryan Garcia who's one of their prospects also coming out and taking shots at them on uh, social media. Just seems like the drama can't, uh, the the Golden Boy can't seem to get away from the drama. And it seems to start at the top with Oscar. But again, I'm not uh, close enough to them to know the intimacies of what's going on there. But certainly doesn't look good the way they're handling this situation.
1: And, um, look, for all the money, for all the money that Canelo is receiving, what is it, $360 million? Yeah, basically like 30,
0: so $35, 36000000 a fight for 10 fights.
1: $360 million, you know, it's a lot of money. I mean, at some point, you would, you know, you would think that... uh somebody has to impose the reality to somebody that you have to fight, you know, worthwhile fights. You know, and it's, you know, to catch 22, you give somebody that much money and there's a power given to them that I'm above everyone else, which you are. You know, I'm a bigger money maker than anyone else I am. You are. It's an un supervised sport it's a sport that's there's nobody really dictating control like there is in UFC that says you have to fight these kind of guys or you know there's there's no standard operating procedures uh, there's no parameters that are forced on you you know there's uh, there's always somewhere you can go to get your way you mm-hmm. know because there's no unilateral conformity and rules in boxing right it's the wild west so you know he gives someone 360 million dollars uh, you can't blame him in some ways, you know. It's like giving a kid a, you know, a, a Porsche. I mean, and he's just a kid, and he's gonna be driving it all over the place faster than you want him to, and you know, um, and thinking that the rules don't apply to him. Well, you maybe he wasn't, maybe you shouldn't have gave him something that nobody else has, and in his business, nobody else has uh, what he has, which is the ability to bring that kind of. uh that kind of market behind him, the great Latino market mm-hmm. with the pay-per-view numbers and everything else. And so he gets this kind of money and that kind of privilege that goes with it. And uh, and then, you know, th- there's also, it's not that clear, like when IBF stands up I want to give him credit for standing up, but it's not that clear. Let me do, uh, let me find more information. And then all of a sudden you find out, you said gee, it wasn't quite, it's because maybe the IBF, the reason they stripped them is they had a problem with, with, uh, with Golden Boy where they weren't going to get the sanction of fee. They were, I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah. I'm not sa- I'm just saying you find out that you wish it was just as simple as them doing their job of saying, well, wait a minute. There's there's laws here. There's rules here. Yeah. And maybe it is mm-hmm. sometimes. Maybe 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 oh my goodness. Every once in a while it is maybe, but it isn't sometimes yeah. and most of the time it's not it's you find out it's it's not for that reason it's, it's for as I said uh, something else mm-hmm. some other reason why the IBF stripped them or you know that that's going on behind the curtain uh, that, that all of a sudden their relationship you know that's something that happened but all, right now without venturing into that when you're going to pay somebody that kind of money Listen, he fought Jacobs. That was okay. He wasn't a trail in Manila, but it was was a solid guy to fight. Yeah. Solid middleweight, full middleweight. Uh, A guy that, you know, was a champion. So, with good skills. Um, So it was, yeah, it was, uh, but to try to, again, this guy is privileged. So they're going to look the natural human instincts. For them is that they're going to they're going to look to do what's easiest you know to be protected to, yeah. to be safest uh that's where again that's the one thing about the ufc where it's good to have a dictator sometimes yeah. as long as you're not shooting anyone <laughs> you know where, where he's going to say no this is the rules this is who you got to fight because we're thinking about the benefit of the sport and the fans more than we're thinking about uh, your own private benefit yeah that that's the that's what it's supposed to be that's why you, the NBA has a national commission and the NFL has a national commission and MLB that's why because it's the it's what's best for the sport not just what's best for one player mm-hmm. or, or one manager or in this case one promoter you know but that's the nature of the, the way the business is set up and you're you're in that unfortunately that's where you are but you would like to I, I don't believe that the Andrade fight until I see them getting in the ring. Yeah. First of all, that fight can be a difficult fight for Canelo. Very. On, but on on a couple different levels. On the level of the physical level, the technical level, the level that counts in the ring, the, the style of Andrade, the ability of Andrade, the experience of Andrade, the the, the length of Andrade, all of that can be difficult but also he doesn't make good fights right and 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 if he can make the money I'm not trying to take it away from him. go make the money I hope he does I hope he does I want to see people make money in this business yeah. because I know the risk that's attached to it mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that 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 fight on a couple levels uh, that I just mentioned doesn't necessarily uh, make sense mm-hmm. you know uh, it, it makes sense for the point that if you want to see him at risk maybe and you want to see Canelo possibly some of the warts that we all have maybe show up in that fight. Mm-hmm. But as far as saying, well, he's getting paid three hundred sixty million dollars. As a fan, I and as a as a Latino fan too, that that care about what kind of fights that they they have pride. They they want to see good fights. They're they're educated fans. For them. I don't know if they're satisfied with that. I I know that they do want to see, even though they're going to back, even though they're going to back Canelo, you know, with the nationalism and everything else, and and the pride that they have and they should have for him. They I think they still these are hardworking people. If they're going to spend their dinero, they 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 know this guy's getting all that money. They they want to see it in a worthwhile fight. Yeah. So you know, at the end of the day. Triple G winds up fighting uh the guy that obviously with all the posturing going on, all the all the things I think you described some of it, all the back play that was going on, that was supposed to be Darrenchenko and Canelo. Mm-hmm. That would have been a fun fight to watch. Yeah. I'm not saying it would have been a toughest fight in the world for Canelo. Right. Because Darren already got beat by Jacobs, Jacobs yeah. uh, handily. Mm-hmm. And of course. Canelo just beat Jacobs. Not that you can use that as a litmus right. test, but I'm just or a barometer. But I'm just saying that you know you have that situation, and uh, I, I think it'd be there'd be more fireworks. It'd be more f- fun to watch than Andre mm-hmm. uh, Andrade. But again, I'm, I'm not saying that that's uh, that's not the fight that's going to possibly take Canelo to the edge of the cliff. Right, but for whatever reasons that you were talking about, that fight looked like it was going to happen with Canelo, and and it's not. And now, you know, because of whatever posturing was going on and playing was going on uh, for, to make that fight, now it's going to be Triple G and Darren And And uh, obviously you got to like Triple G in that fight. For sure. And, and you... You know, and then you still got to ask the question, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Ken, us, we have to be responsible. When knocking Canelo a little bit or, or questioning, you know, who he's fighting, then because he gets $360 million, then we have to be fair. We have to say, well, is Devin Schenkel the fight you want to see with Triple G or when he's getting $100 million?
0: Well, the thing is but, that and and Triple G is out not. there asking for the Canelo fight, clearly. And Canelo yeah. is like and that's a
1: part bone of it. to... And, and that's uh, part of it, that, that he gets a pass. Yeah. Because he is trying to make that fight. Yes. But, um, yes, but at the same time let's get to what is what's tangible he's fighting devin schenkel is that is that the fight for 100 million dollars that you want and listen there's only out there what's out there yeah that we can't make up something that's not there i i, I mean devin schenkel's a experienced amateur he's got that pedigree he's got the experience uh he went the distance you know losing to jacobs mm-hmm. Uh, you know I, I, it's not the worst matchup. It's, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not here to beat the crap out of it. I have no but problem with Canelo uh, with not the worst but I'm just saying you got to ask that sense. same question. Yeah. Because if you're paying that kind of money, you know you might want, you might want, you might not want electric heat. You might want gas heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you just you you know you might want gas, and then you might say, well, Canelo and them, are, they they're giving you fracking. Yes. I don't know too much about fracking, but, <laughs> but they're giving you fracking. they you know, they're, they're not giving you, uh, they're not even giving you electric heat. 100%. I think the zone in hindsight,
0: you know, this is all so new. And I think that when they did this deal, I don't think they anticipated the fact that they were going to get pushback on some of the matchups. I think that they thought they would dictate whatever they wanted in terms of um, the matchups that they wanted Canelo to face for that kind of money. And listen, if you look at Canelo's boxing rec, record on, on the on the side boxing record. He's fought everyone. The guy take nothing away from him. But this is the fight that everyone wants to see. This is the fight that they signed him for. This is the site they this is the fight they signed Triple G for. And Canelo clearly doesn't like Triple G and doesn't want to doesn't want to see him get this fight. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I I think that it's it's opened a whole can of worms with Golden Boy and they've come out of it from From a fan's perspective, Golden Boy looks the worst of everyone involved, and maybe a little bit to a little lesser extent, Canelo, just because they're clearly like avoiding this third fight with Triple G. And you know, I understand why they are because I think he lost the first one, and I I could give him the second one. I haven't, I don't have as much of a problem with that, but he clearly, in my opinion, lost the first fight. So
1: they don't want to risk, and you wouldn't either as a businessman, they don't want to risk getting to that 360. They, just because they have a contract for 360, they don't have it until they get to that fight. Of course. They only get a percentage each fight. What yeah. did you say? 35 million a yeah. fight? Whatever it is. They want to get to that golden ring. Mm-hmm. They want to get to the end of that rainbow. Yep. And... So Triple G could stop them from getting to the end of that rainbow. Although, 100%. Although they have things in their favor where the decision comes and it's going to favor them because the way the of business course. is set up. Please, please. But that's, don't forget, too, they that, have Triple that, G
0: for 100, so they've got Triple G. Just because I was born
1: rain- at night don't mean I was born last night. <laughs> I mean, well, and, and you guys, the fans, they know. They know. And also, Triple G keeps getting older. I mean, that that's, no, for sure. that, that's, that's the premise of what started this, 100%. where they fought him in the first place. They waited till he yep. he looked vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They didn't fight him four years earlier yep. when we were first talking about that fight. Yeah. They well, were
0: smart. It'll be interesting there. There's no shortage of drama, like I said, and um,
1: this one's gone a little long. We're going to wrap it up there. I think we've covered everything. I want to say now. one thing go before ahead. we finish. Of course. i got to finish with this. I want to go back and real quick to... The other night when you were at the fights and the fans were very happy to see you there yeah. at the Barclays Center, you know. And I'm very happy to see the way that the fans, you know, embrace you. And, um, and you once again, you once again put your imprint onto the night. You didn't know you were gonna that night when you walked in there and you had your ticket. And you had a, of course, only ringside for you, <laughs> and and you and you took your seat and you you know you had your drink and your hot dog. You didn't know that you were going to be influenced in that night, but as you have in the past, you did, mm-hmm. it, which has become, uh, what's well, become a bit of a, a happening, a, a habit, where we'll go back, we'll speed back quickly to Ruiz and Joshua, the great upset. Yep, And that might not have happened except that Ken was sitting in his seat and Joshua was, was doing what the champion has the privilege of doing, making the challenger wait because the champion gets the right to come in last. And he was making him wait. And Ken looked up, and Ken always cares about the underdog. Ken always cares about what's right. And he looks up, and I'm starting to feel like Ken is a cartoon figure now already, <laughs> uh, that they're going to start making mugs with, with your picture on them and stuff. And, and that might be possible. That might be in the future. But I just want to put it out there. So Ken is there, and he notices Ruiz is waiting, and he's, 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 he doesn't have a sweat on, and he's getting stiff. And, you know, when guys are and warmed up, they can get hurt early. And all of a sudden, Ken yells out, Ruiz, warm up. He, stay loose stay, stay loose, loose Stay loose. and he looked and he winks gave a wink to Ken and and he he he, he did he immediately started listening he started warming up he started losing the rest is history yeah. the rest is history he goes on and he wins the title and Ken's work was done for the night Ken goes home and his and and the beginning of the beginning of a career has been started maybe the beginning of a of a, of a legend and but the beginning of something has started. So then he goes to this fight the other night, Ken, and he goes, and he's too humble to say it himself, so I, I have to say it. He, he goes to his, again, Mr. Ride, ride out your seat is, is here, and he sits in the front row seat, and you got to, about the eighth round, and he notices the underdog, the guy that doesn't have the backing of the crowd, the guy who's kind of alone, uh, that guy being Ariola, Kanaki's crowd is there. He's, of course, the young up and coming fighter, the undefeated fighter. And he notices that Ariola looks spent. He looks gassed. Looks like he's got nothing left in the, no more petrol left around the eighth round, I think it was. And all of a sudden, again, Ken, the fight doctor, yells out, Chris, come on! The other guy's as tired as you, he's more tired than you. Come on, let's get going. Now's not the time. Let's go, you got plenty left. Ariola looked at him, he nodded, and he went forward. It was like as it was like a cold, refreshing rain <laughs> that got dropped from the heavens on the back of a marathon runner that hit that wall. That twenty mile, but you would know you're a marathon runner that hit that wall. That twenty mile. Place, and it replenished him. It brought him back to life. It 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 gave him at that moment just what he needed, just what he needed to get to the finish line. Again, job well done, Ken. And um, just want to tell you, it's I there. I will not be surprised if we start getting calls now for people that will have one if they know that they might need you. Have you a drinks? Hi. They've already started coming in. I'm
0: sure. have a couple meetings next week with some young guys looking for some advisors.
1: I'm gonna lose you. I'm gonna lose <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> Never. I hope not. Never. We got big things coming for you guys. Anyway, thanks for being with us. Please continue to subscribe, share the links. Appreciate all the support. Teddy, thanks for this. Appreciate you. Thank you.